lads. How are we? Good. Good to have you back. Thanks, mate. How you been? Pretty good. I had a good morning this morning. What did you get up to? Well, I didn't really sleep too well last night, and I was uh, woke up probably based on our podcast, you know, just various different things. That one we talked about where you get up early and go out and see the sun. So I got out. I, I think I probably had three hours sleep last night, so Ooh. not really not really a good one. Were you out in the town, were you, mate? No, nah, just, you know, up and down and yeah. woken up and yeah. people snoring next to me. and Is it a full moon? Oh, it might have been. No, no, it's not. Was it? No. Oh. Well, I got up, got into the light, got the sun in my eyes, went and had a really cold shower. Because the pipes in the morning at the moment here are really cold. I reckon it would be 10, 12 degrees maybe and contrasted it with sort of cold and hot and it was amazing. I got out of there feeling so energised, went and had a little coffee and then... I was up and about. Actually, did a workout this morning. Felt really good. Then had another dip in the pool. So, awesome. yeah, I'm up and about. I had a good yeah. morning, even after sort of hacking that bad sleep I had. And I know you don't really want to do that too much. And I often don't really want to have a coffee, sort of within the first half an hour of waking up. But this morning, uh, it was probably on the back of our supplements podcast, we didn't really talk about coffee. Mm. We have had a couple of questions come in, so we have might we? be able to. We might be able to answer those at Ooh. some point, but one of them was about coffee. What a couple of questions on our email. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So coffee, we'll, we, might, we might do a that question or the the listener has sort of written, you know, can we do one about coffee, okay. which we all, I think, like to drink. Oh, oh, the coffee. I love coffee. Oh, yeah. So good. So we might have to do that in the future. Um, but yeah, I just used, because that's probably what, what it's, is it a drug, supplement? It's a drug. I reckon it's a drug. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I've yep. I've used that drug as a bit of a hack. I don't do it all the time because I know that the studies say you should sort of let your let yourself wake up, let your own cortisol even out, and not add to that by the effect of the caffeine. So I like to give it half an hour. But when those one of the, was one of those mornings where I felt when I woke up I felt bad, but that little protocol of just sort of kickstarting the day, I was up and about, had a couple of eggs. I ate breakfast with the kids, sent them off to school and mm. did a solid workout, took awesome. the dog for a run. You've done all the things right. You've done yeah. all the things right to counteract that, that yeah. bad night's sleep you had. Yeah. And, and I tell you, there's a lot to be said about that cold water uh, immersion, but even a cold yeah. shower, I've been doing it mm. religiously. Yeah. Um, it makes me a little bit anxious beforehand because um, <laughs> it's, sure it's freezing. But once I'm in there, it's amazing how quick you adapt. Um, yeah, a lot of... Do you yeah, guys you put your head it. underwater first or your body? body. I, 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 the only way I can do it is to put my head and face under first and then let it roll down my torso. I can't make myself do it the other way. I'll probably go yeah. face first, yeah. I'll go head and face yep. and then I slowly put my torso under, but I can't make myself just put it straight on my back. Nah. The thought of it just makes me shit myself. Yeah. I, I actually have I get that anxiety. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. you got to pump yourself up oh, to yeah. get in there. Yeah. I Can like to hit the, the back of my shoulders that's where that brown fat is. Yeah. So try and activate that brown fat yeah. and get you that can, metabolism You can definitely going. feel that when you turn around in the cold shower oh. onto your back, you definitely feel that that kick-in reflex, you know. Um, I've also been trying to lift my arms up and get the cold water under my armpits. Oh, I'm just, yeah, yeah, and I'm just assuming the armpits are and groin are the warmest part of your body, so I'm assuming that if I can attack those... Um, might, might be doing something, you know, but yeah. what about you, Mick? Uh, you were over there in Queensland. How was your morning? 
Yeah, good morning this morning, boys. Uh, just up early, nice and early. Same thing, got out, exposed myself to a little bit of sunlight and then straight into the... No, no perineum uh, sunning this morning. Didn't have time, uh, but uh, straight into straight into a little bit of study just in preparation for exams and things over the coming weeks. So you've really got to be in a good headspace, mate. So all the little things... Um all the little habits, little lifestyle things can help you get through that period, yeah. I guess. It's, I think Absolutely. It's, Maybe I th- a few coffees. Yeah, a couple mm. of coffees. Helps with the study. Yeah. I, I, even, for our, even for us, just the, the benefit of this podcast and having four people to, or three other people to bounce things off and hearing, you know, that, that one about getting up early, getting some direct sunlight into your eyes. I, it's, it's the pod, this podcast has changed my life and I know we've discussed that. Yeah. Just on the... Awesome. Just on the information that the other you other boys bring to the to the party is really great. Oh, I you totally know, agree, mate. I've adopted things now in my <laughs> lifestyle uh, to to uh, um, address all these topics that we've discussed uh, based on advice from you guys and based on the studies that I've done yeah. in preparation for the podcast. And uh, I, it's invaluable. Yeah. I love it. You know, it's helped my sleep. It's helped my my, my mental well being. Yeah, yeah. It's. I know you talked about waking up do you still doing that or have you hacked that out of your life uh, it very it's it's limited now it's, it doesn't happen too often yeah um i've taken smitty's advice about that uh supplement the 5 hdp oh yeah uh i reckon that is awesome yeah yeah it's a game changer uh, yeah, yeah. And, and just doing those behavioral things like you know dark at night yeah keep me cave my house is a cave up in the morning Screens see the sunlight yeah yeah yep. so yeah it's um it's good yeah. what are we talking about today anyway what are we talking about today, boys? Is it kids in kids in sport? Kids in sport. Yeah. Yeah. A different one. It's good to good to mix it up a bit. Yeah. 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 We've all sort of had our own personal experiences in a way with, with kids and participation in either school sport or community sport. Yeah, interesting topic this one. And uh, one I'm one I'm uh, you know, interested in from the perspective of, of I guess psychology and also Having been a kid, having coached kids, and now having had kids, um, you know, you get to you get to look through a variety of different lenses and and, and I guess trial and error, what works and what doesn't. Um, I guess for myself, uh, I'm coaching some some kids at the moment uh, for uh, for elite running, a little bit of basketball as well, uh, and my kids are obviously engaging in in different sporting activities through the week. And what I sort of see uh, popping up pretty consistently with kids, uh, you know, across all different age groups is a real lack of resilience in terms of their ability to accept losing, uh, accept that things might not always go their own way. Uh, and, and, And I think that when I've sort of sat down and journaled about this or spent some time thinking about it, for me, I think it it correlates directly a little bit with what's actually going on with kids in society. Uh, And I I don't know if that's consistent uh, with with your experiences, guys, but, you know, I I think that comparing it to my experience as a kid, um, you know, we won games, we lost games. And, and the experience of losing, I feel, was, you know, more beneficial to my resilience building than, than, than what winning was. 
And these days, you know, we, we, we've got this, we seem to have this, uh, I guess, necessity or desire to have every kid win. You know, every, every kid gets a, med- a medal for participating now. And, and I think that what it's creating, and this is just my opinion, but it's creating a real flaw and a real weakness uh, that, that kids aren't developing the same ability to deal with losses. And I think that when we look at that over a lifetime, it is creating a flaw in resilience because you're not always going to have every scenario go your own way in life. And you've got to be able to deal with the hits and deal with the losses, pick yourself up off the floor and get back on with it. Yeah, it's, it's a good point, mate. Um, you know, obviously sport has massive benefits for participation of participation by kids, uh, physically physical health and and mental well-being but I, I agree with you there's there's a little bit of a i don't know a little crack has emerged over the last i don't know 15 20 years i, I don't know i reckon parents have got a lot to to answer for in that realm uh with sort of helicopter parenting um you know every kid's a winner uh you know certain sports have made certain rules to accommodate no losing uh for example, there's a rule in, in Aussie Rules Juniors uh, called the Mercy Rule. And then, so that means if the team that's winning is winning by, you know, more than a certain number of goals, let's say it's 10 goals, the coach of that team has to, in effect, penalise his players in a way. So he has to shuffle around players, stronger players, into less prominent positions. Uh, he can see it as a positive and maybe make his team use their non-dominant side. But he has to can impact the, his team somehow to make the other team not lose as badly. Um, that can be a positive, it can be a negative. I, I just see it some way, in, sometimes in penalising some good players. I also see it as, I don't know, sort of taking the piss a little bit for the team that's losing. I mean, it's sort of like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, patronising. Patronising, yeah. Yeah, patronising that team. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a complex, complex thing. Uh, you know, and you look at technology. Uh, these computer games are designed for kids to win on a constant basis to keep them playing and keep them addicted to, to the games. I think that also has a little bit of a, a role to play in a kid's mentality about not being able to lose or, 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 sh- or freaking out if they do lose. Everything's sort of designed for them to be like a, a fake winner, if that's a word. Um, Do you reckon kids care that much about winning or losing? No, nah, I don't reckon. Well, you watch them. You, know, you take footy, for example. Sometimes they know the score. Sometimes they come and ask you the score. They win or lose. They go, oh, cool. Yay, we won. Oh, we didn't win. Maybe there's tears. Who cares? Five minutes later, they're all running around playing. They're happy as Larry. They don't care. Yeah. It's the parents that care, mate. Yes. I think that's a big point here, isn't yeah. it? It's the, it's the adult's interpretation of what's happening and how that reflects on them. But before we move forward, can we just clarify, uh, maybe for our listeners and also ourselves, what age group of kids are we talking about here? Are we talking about uh, teenagers? Are we talking about young children? That's uh, a good we, point, Sweetie. Yeah. Un- under 10s or over 10s? Just to, just to very much uh, generalise. Yeah, I'd probably say, well, we can address both uh, because it, it, things do change as the, the – as uh, sport involves younger uh, adults, like youth. Yeah. Um, th- because I, I think you'll be talking 
I think what Mick was probably talking about would have been under ten under sort 10s. of level. Yeah, yeah. I, I, am of the opinion that I reckon everyone gets a go. Who care? Who cares if you win or lose? Who cares if you get thumped? Yeah, I don't you know? think there's anything wrong with um, playing sports, and then we have uh, a winning team and a losing team because that is, you know, what what the world is about. That like we play sport later on, we have winners and losers. But I think we have big dramas with not letting kids maybe express their emotion as much as they need to. Like they've sort of got these immature, underdeveloped yep, brains definitely. and they haven't really fully um, been exposed to a, ride, a wide range of things. But I think in sport, and this is just my opinion and you guys may vary uh, a fair bit, but I think they should be allowed to express um, all of their emotions and not suppress them because the, the parent is maybe uh, a little bit embarrassed about what happens. So a kid might cry if they lose. Yeah. Um, and that might really embarrass a parent, especially if it's a male child. But just my thinking, I think it's really important to let the kid express their emotions and let them know that they're safe to express what they're feeling. Yeah. Um, and the same, even with anger. Like kids are going to get angry, and anger is an emotion that we all have. Uh, and we have that anger or sort of rage emotion uh, for a reason. Like it is built into our brain. It is a bit of a protective thing. Like if someone attacks you, the yeah, ancestral going man. back to ancestral, yeah. trying to link back yeah. to what we're talking about. We sort of have that anger slash protection mode, but I think even kids need to be allowed to uh, explore anger in a safe way, so that they can learn to uh, channel that in a way that's not destructive. Whereas I think maybe if we just suppress all their emotions because we don't want them to display something on the field which might make us feel slighted or less uh, of a good parent, then I think in the long term that's going to be um, maybe detrimental. That's a great point, Smitty. Uh, and that really comes down to, you know, effective parents, but also a great coach as well yeah. to be able to channel those emotions into his players. Um, and to be honest, as a coach, I've coached my boy playing footy for, I'd say, eight years with the same sort of group of boys. And I've never, ever seen a kid cry mm. after losing the game. Yeah. Ever. Yep. Um, I've seen my young bloke get disappointed at little athletics. Um, if he you know, lost a race or something, but he's never cried. He's yeah. been disappointed in his performance. Yep. And I, I let him be disappointed. Yeah, and I'll yeah, maybe awesome. explain some things that he could do better next time. But, yeah, it's, you're definitely right. And sport should be uh, taken as an opportunity for growth and to instill in young people um, those lifestyle uh, positive, positive um, attributes that are going to, put them in good stead later life in work, you know, things like teamwork, uh, discipline, um, resilience, like Mickey was saying before, uh, all those things that become important later on life in a workplace or, or, or even in, in other sports pursuits later on, that's, that's all those things are developed at a younger age and, and it, and they do need to have that ability to show their emotions. I think that's a great point, Smitty. Because isn't it funny, uh, like we had the AFL Grand Final uh, in Australia not that long ago. Um, I don't remember right at the end of the game, but I imagine some of the fully grown male competitors on the losing team probably would have been in tears or close to tears because it's something that you commonly see. And in the media and in uh, sort of popular culture, you wouldn't really see those guys getting called out. They'd probably almost be uh, applauded for being in touch with their emotion. But maybe if you saw an eight-year-old kid lose his mind at the end of a footy game and started crying probably actually wouldn't be met with the same amount of praise. It'd almost be wow. like, look at this little shit, you know, he's, yeah. get it in perspective, it's just a local footy game, but we're Great dealing point. with a kid with like an immature brain, hasn't fully grown into the the adolescent or the man or, you know, or the woman that he or she's going to be. 
and we might sort of actually judge it differently. Whereas, I don't know, it's just one of those ones where I think kids should be allowed to express emotion. Great yeah. point, mate. And and really, you know, they're going to cry maybe for a little bit. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. going to come good. They're going to yeah. see all their mates run around. They're going to go, okay, yeah, it's not that big right, of a yeah. deal. Yep. And like you say, they're going to learn that emotion and they're going to learn to deal with it and go, okay, well, yeah, yeah, it's disappointing, but it's not that bad. Life goes on. All my mates are running around. If I sit here and wallow and cry, mm. look at all the fun they're having out there. It's kind of self-limiting, isn't it? Like yeah. They might have that quick release and they've released that emotion yeah. and they move on. And Yeah, because it's quite interesting. I, I looked at a study that they did on the best and worst parts of sport. And this was America, mind you. Mind you. Uh, a couple of hundred thousand kids they interviewed across various years. And the number one thing that they said was the the best thing about sport was having fun. And the worst thing was the car ride home. Yeah. How wow. sad is that? Yeah. I mean, in America, maybe we're a little bit different. I think we like to think we're a bit better than yeah. the Americans. But <laughs> yeah, the, the car ride home was the worst part about sport. Oh, mate, I can tell you. Um, Getting in the car yeah. and having mum or dad give you a spray because you didn't try hard enough or you didn't, you know. Yeah. Kick the winning touchdown. Because yeah. <laughs> they're offering you that <laughs> conditional love where they're going to heap praise and adoration on you if you do everything right and yep. do everything in their eyes well. But if you don't, then yep. they're going to give you that unconditional... They're yeah. not going to give you that unconditional yeah. I, love. They're going to give you that conditional sort of... I, I think all I they need to hear is, I enjoyed watching you play. Yeah. That's did it. you have fun? Yeah. Did yep. you have fun? Did you have fun? Yeah. What did you learn? What did you learn today? I'm proud of you. That's yeah. it. Yeah, 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 that's a good one, Rui. What did you learn? Mm. Yeah. 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 yeah, especially in the younger years. Yeah, you know, yeah. To, just, just to, just to jump in there and make a couple of points on top of sort of what Maddie said, I think that just Maddie mentioned the thing about age and what sort of age are we talking about here? I think it's important to remember that at the end of the seventh year, seventy-five percent of their cognitive development is is pretty much fully established. So. In terms of these patterns and in terms of these, um, you know, I guess, resilience um, abilities and things like that, they're developing very, very, very young. Those, those cognitive pathways, those neural pathways, they're already well established by the end of that seventh year. So, so I guess considering the age thing and also the statement Maddie made about you know, the importance of letting a child express themselves and all these sorts of things. What would you say to the statement, Matt, that by removing the opportunity for a child to lose, that we're not actually giving them a full scope of experience to express their, their emotions? Yeah, I 100% agree, mate. I think uh, sport should involve um, competition, which includes uh, winning and losing. I, I'm I'm 100% yeah. uh, on board with that. I just um, think that sometimes in some contexts, uh, the, the sort of the, the consequences of winning or losing and then the, the behaviours that they need to show, they, they might not be there with being able to do that in the sort of context that the parents might expect. So, um, yeah. no, I 100% yeah. agree that... Um, there, there should be a, a winning and losing component, maybe not taken too seriously where we're sort of beasting the kids and making them feel terrible if they lose. And I know you're not talking yeah. about that, but yeah. I, I don't really agree with this sort of stupid thing where they're all just running around and there's no point to whether you kick one goal or, or 50 goals. I don't think that's um, so they keep score, yeah. beneficial. They keep scoring cricket 
footy, yeah. soccer. The kids know the score. The kids they, know. Whether you know, know it or not, if you've had 20 goals kicked against you and the other team's kicked two goals, they know they're losing. They know. exactly. I used to – I umpired my son's footy. Um, someone else coaches. And I could ask one of the kids on the team what the score was and he knew. He yep. just watched the whole game and he yep. kept, a, kept the score going in his head. So they know the score. Yep. So – whether whether the score is recorded is irrelevant, I reckon. Yes. You know, I mean, we talk about winning or losing. The kids know whether they've won or lost. But, yeah. And, and, and we do keep score. And sometimes I, I think, you know, what is the point in that? Because the kids, they know whether they've won or lost. If it's close, they'll come up and ask, oh, did we win or did we lose? And, yeah, they care about it. But I think we keep score for the parents. Yeah, and I think uh, that that was one of the reasons, Jonesy, that um, that kids have listed uh, as why they drop out of sport. Um, like going on about your, your point there about the US study, um, at stats, statistics in the at the University of Wollongong in New South Wales showed that two hundred and fifty thousand kids drop out of organised sport every year, uh, and the reasons they gave was it wasn't fun any fun anymore. Um, it was all about winning. Yep, which. Uh, you mentioned, and it was uh, seemed to be all about the parents yeah. and not <laughs> yeah. the kids. Yeah. So, and that's what I think clubs are trying to do is to encourage everyone to be involved. They want kids playing sports, so, and they know those things. So they're trying to remove those elements of dropout in participation. They want to have as many kids as they can, yeah. and they know we got to make it fun. Mm. So if you look at, say, cricket, for example, they have changed the rules completely pretty much, to when I played. Yep. When I played, if you were the best, you opened the batting, you opened the bowling, yep. and the boundaries were 50 metres all the way around. Now, full pitch, you know, from a young age. If you didn't do kanga cricket or whatever it was called back then, I think it's called blasters now, which is great fun for the kids. It's an hour in the afternoon. That they have a whack around. Nobody cares. You don't keep score. If kids can't hit it, they use a big ball. Then under 10s, they progress to proper cricket on the pitch. The pitch is 16 metres. The boundaries are short so that you can score runs. They've got less people on the field. So there's more interactions, more bowling, more fielding, less time sitting off, more batting, um, and, and more opportunities to score runs and take wickets. And that's great. And cricket participation is going through the roof. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting point you say that, mate. Um, I've got the stats here on um, the most popular team sports in Australia. Which what, what would you think would be the most popular team sport in Australia? I'd guess soccer, maybe? I'd, I'd, I would guess AFL. I'd say basketball. Yeah, well, it's soccer at 49%. Yeah. Uh, wow, 49%. Followed, 40, followed by basketball at 30%. Cricket, 26 So cricket's still very high. Mm. Uh, netball, 20%. AFL's... Uh, 18%. Wow. And then below that was rugby league, which didn't have a percentage, but um, that said it was, you know, consistent. It's, it's difficult for rugby league and, and even AFL and union to a degree. Well, they're, you know they're what? Not, they've kind of got specific states that play it, don't they? That's right, yeah. And I guess I, I, I wondered there whether the physical contact issue come into that as well because you look at those top Definitely. four sports, Definitely. which are non-contact, yep. and you've got your AFL and your rugby league down the bottom, which are... I think a lot of parents steer away from that, particularly yep. getting along in, in older age brackets, 
with that contact sport. Uh, yeah. they, they they then veer off onto other things to keep their kids sort of yeah. sort of safe, you know. From there might, there might be a bit of merit in that. Like oh, we, I know, th- we know I how bad so, yeah. um, traumatic brain injury yep. is now in sport, and I know it's probably not as common in uh, younger kids in footy, but it certainly happens. We've all, yep. I think, we all played footy as young fellas, and you all saw people cop pretty big knocks and oh, yeah. occasionally get knocked out. Yep. And uh, we know that even one really bad concussion now can lead to mm. like some lifelong uh, things. So it would be a consideration for parents yeah so definitely i guess you're playing uh what did you say the top one was soccer soccer 49 I mean, you're, you're still playing uh like an outdoor fitness-based uh team-based sport soccer's yeah. great hand-eye coordination soccer's a great game it's great yeah. for kids they've yeah. got that um hand-foot coordination mm-hmm. they've got the spatial awareness you know they've got fundamental movement skills around the yep. place very fit sport yeah the ball oh, they're yeah. running around the ball is round it's not it's not like a footy oval shaped I mean, I, I watch m- my son with Ozkick, just the ball bouncing all over the place. This, it's a really tough skill. And they they find it difficult. And we found from Ozkick, kids dropped off. We had sort of 45 initially. And now we're down to sort of 15, 20. And I think it's definitely because it's a difficult sport. You go off and play soccer, the ball's not moving all over the place. It's It's, it's easier. Still fun, still team oriented, still running around outside. Mm. Uh, it's almost it's almost a really good introduction sport to to get all those fundamental basics. To I play it indoors as well, indoors, so yeah. all year round. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and right. I can I can see. I mean, when we were young fellas, you pretty much had cricket and footy. Yeah, yeah. played footy That's in the winter, yep. cricket in summer. Yeah. Maybe there was some soccer. Maybe a little bit of mm. athletics or surf. Only club. in your sort of like um. Sort of uh, European oh, populations. <laughs> yeah. No, you know, back in yeah, my day, yeah. back oh, in the eighties, yeah, you know, yeah. only the English dudes and yep. European guys played yep. soccer. And now there's just a vast array of stuff for kids to yep. do. Yeah, they're doing parkour. They've got Ninja <laughs> Warrior. They've got mm. um, gymnastics. <laughs> they've got yeah, good. athletics, surf club. They've got so many so things much to stuff. do. Yeah. Gymnastics is a good one, don't you reckon? Oh, just for amazing! Their, uh, strength and coordination, oh, so good. Uh, yeah. Confidence. I think yeah. gymnastics is a really good one. You see a yeah. lot of really elite athletes, and you look at their background; they've done some sort of gymnastics yeah. as a kid. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of individual sports, um, the most popular sport overall was swimming. Oh yeah. Forty-nine uh, oh, percent yeah. overall, yeah. Um, all sports. What are the What are the What is the percent? Forty-nine percent. Of, of kids in a certain age group are participating. No, just in that most sport? popular sport overall played with kids. I guess I'm not quite sure what age cutoff yeah, okay, that was right. yeah, yeah. in Australia. Yeah, yeah, because I think um, yeah, it just having that variety is also great. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of kids are going to go, and the small percentage that are, are elite. It's just great that they've got this ability to go out and just choose whatever they want: dance, yeah, cricket, footy. Mm. Whatever. Probably some merit in doing team-based and also individual sports as well. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, swimming, yeah. I guess, can be a team sport if you're doing, like, a relay or something like yeah. that. But essentially, it's an individual sport. Yeah. To use swimming as an example as opposed to a team-based sport. Yeah. But probably teaches you more, like, uh, discipline and self-reliance and a few yeah. other uh, skills yeah. that maybe, yeah. you know, tie in well with a team sport as well. Yeah. Discipline. I think so, the so team sport team sport is almost essential for kids, I reckon. It's great for social social interaction and building and yeah oh well you go to any workplace and you can pick the person that hasn't played a team sport yeah yeah in their life yeah. you know they they just don't they they have trouble working in a team environment mm. 
You know, they 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 have trouble understanding the concept of com- camaraderie sometimes. Yeah. Or um, or you know, or, or doing something for somebody else by putting themselves out or, or sacrificing themselves in a way. You know, and a lot of those little things come about in team sport. You know, putting yourself in a position where you could get hurt to help a teammate. You know, things yeah. like that. Yep. Um, Sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. And Mick, what, what are you coaching over there at the moment? You mentioned earlier you were coaching. Yeah. So um, myself and uh, a close friend over here, uh, <clears throat> over a period of time, sort of taking our kids to different um, sporting opportunities up in up in in my location, which is is more remote in location. Uh, we we were just going along, and we were noticing that the the standard of, of coaching and, and the experience overall for the kids was, was a lot lower than when we lived in a metropolitan area. And so I guess after sort of six months of, you know, getting together and saying how ridiculous it was and all that sort of thing, we challenged ourselves to make a bit of a difference rather than just complain about it. And uh, so what we did was we set up our own little sports academy up here and we launched um, our first basketball program in the last school holidays. And subsequently from that, uh, I'd been approached for a little while uh, since, since getting over here to take on a few kids for, for kids running. Um, so we've, we've established a second arm within the academy and, and we're now doing sort of running for more of elite, more elite kids in the area, uh, assisting them in preparation for sort of regional um, races and then down to state finals and things like that. Cool. And I guess just listening to what what you guys were talking about earlier, we had an interesting experience. So my daughter's nine years old; she'll be ten this year, uh, and she joined the netball club up here. Uh, and and they train once a week and and. Uh, they, they go along to different sort of uh, weekend tournaments, maybe two or three times through the season. But but effectively, they do one training session and then they go to a tournament maybe once every four to five weeks. And over the course of sort of two or three tournaments that we went to, our, goal, our girls lost every single game by over 40 points. And... You go to the first tournament and, yeah, you know, it's a new experience. The girls are having fun and, you know, uh, like, like you guys have indicated, there, there's certainly, and I will I will admit on my part, being quite a competitive person, you're sort of sitting there and you're like, oh, geez, come on. Like, uh, you know, this, are we trying hard here or what's going on? And uh, I really made sure to temper my uh, my own, I guess, sort of feeling and sensation around that. And when I would speak to to my daughter on the way home, or you know, I was very encouraging and and I complimented her on particular things she did well and things like that. But what I witnessed over the three tournaments was the 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 experience and the enjoyment really started to subside in the girls. They became aware of the fact that they were losing by so much, you know, there was, there was probably 30% of the games they didn't even score a point. And, and so the enjoyment really started to go out of it. And at one point we were stood, stood with a group of parents and I said, uh, and this was in, in one of the last games and I said, we've got to do something about this. And I was challenged by another mum. And she said, Oh, you know, kids sports just about enjoying enjoyment at this age. And I said, yeah, 
you're dead right. And I said, but I don't know about you, but my daughter ain't enjoying this too much anymore. And I said, you know, one tournament, you know, yeah, new experience. But I said, we've, we're now having experience an experience with her on the way home where she's like, Dad, I, I don't even know if I want to go back because we're just so far from, you know, from even being in the game. And I said, you know, the experience can still be enjoyable, but it's okay for the girls to be a little bit more competitive. And there was a number of other parents who sort of jumped in behind me and said, I totally agree. And I said, we do need to do something about And You know, they agreed we do need to do something about this. So I think that what I took away from that is that absolutely as parents, we bring our own, like we do in, in most of life in general, but we, we bring our own history into our experiences with our children. And I think as Maddie highlighted earlier, it's really, really, really important that we keep that separate from the experience they're having. But it's also really okay to still try and in, instill in our children these these competitive values um, and give them a bit of a push in, in a, I guess, in a positive way and encourage them, you know, that working towards success is, is is also it's it's okay to do that it's okay to be good at something you know it, it's it's a positive thing to put hard graft in and then get a result at the end of it uh, and so that's you know those values those hard working values you know and not to sound cliche but some of the things that we promote within the academy are that you know if, if you've got it if you've got a goal and you're prepared to put the hard work in the result will take care of itself and, and that's something that I've lived by in sport and in life. And I know, you know, it's, it's the conversations we've had between ourselves about different things that we've engaged in. And, and I think it's just really, it's a really important message that I'm passing on to those kids. Yeah, mate, it's, um, it highlights the, the fact that there are important things to learn um, from losing or being, being constantly beaten. I remember a saying said that, you know, you learn more from a loss than you do a win. And those kids there, Conor, your your Conor daughter's... McGregor. Pardon? It's a Conor McGregor quote, wasn't it? Is it? Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> but, we, I mean, those girls in that, that, that Napoli team constantly like, losing. Yeah. There are lifestyle um, uh, lessons to be learnt from that experience. And, you know, and it's good that you sort of, you know, got in there and you, and you contributed, in, in, contributed in some way. And I'd be interested to ask you what... The coach's um, demeanour or, or 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 angle was during that experience because I reckon there's a lot to be said about a really good coach in that scenario. The coach can make that experience a positive one. Uh, he can then, you know, bring bring other outside activities with the team um, beyond the game uh, to bring them together to make them have fun so that you know extracurricular sort of things. You know, it's just like you know. After the game, they, they go to a, a restaurant or something or a fast food place and they, they enjoy time together. Um, I've just, yeah, so not fast food. I'll go food. back to that. Yeah, yeah. I'll get Good back food to that quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are, are you going to talk about fast food sponsorship in junior <laughs> sport? Because that's a bugbear of mine. But anyway, just let me finish. Um, sorry. <laughs> uh, Mick, that, the coach, what was their um, angle on that? Uh, look, she was really good. I mean, she, she was very positive with the girls the whole, you know, uh, over every tournament. Uh, you know, she provided them with lots of consistent positive feedback. 
she was very upbeat. She's got a great demeanor. You know, I, I, I couldn't fault her. Um, I think that, I think that what, what I was looking at as a parent was over the course of a season and, you know, three, three participa- participation in three different tournaments, you're looking to see some improvement in terms of skills, development, things like that. And I, I think just, you know, probably situationally because we are located remotely, it's very, very difficult to get all of these girls together more than once a week. And I think, you know, when you look at the teams that we were comparing them to, they were getting together a couple of times a week. They were playing games every weekend. So their experience and their, their skill development was, you know, was far more advanced than what our girls were receiving. But, but no, I, I'd agree, mate, in terms of the coaching uh, you know the the attitude and the and the effort and the 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 demeanour was always was always really positive. One of my bugbears in kids' sport is why do they need constant lolly sugar involvement? Oh. So they play the game. One parent is on. One yeah. parent is on lollies and fruit. Yeah, like they can't go. Is it and, lollies and fruit these days? Not just fruit. Yeah. Yeah. You can't go or chocolate or whatever it is. Oh, right. You can't go an hour game without getting something. Yeah. Know? I'm I'm more than happy to get a participation award for your kid. Good stuff. Encouragement award, sportsmanship award, player of the day, all that kind of stuff is great. But afterwards or halfway through, they've got to have a ton of oranges or watermelon. These kids are tucking into this watermelon. They've they've done thirty minutes of sport. Yeah. Look at, say, T-ball, for example. It's not super strenuous. You're not running two, three kilometres. <laughs> You're going from base to base. And you sit down afterwards, you know, and so participation award. You get your participation award and it's it's uh, McDonald's, Subway, uh, Muzz yeah. Buzz, something yeah. like that. Yeah. You're not getting, you're not getting a decent cafe, <laughs> you know, or a or health freak, you know, something that's a, a kind of maybe – Maybe a, a a decent option for the kid to go yeah. and have some food at. Yeah, you know the, old boost, the boost juice was a good option. We our club was um had some boost juice vouchers, which were always a good one. Yeah. But I guess from a club's perspective, uh, they they do have to honour their sponsors, and yeah. you know it's hard to get sponsorship at a local club. Yeah, so they do have to uh, honour those with you know yeah. vouchers and then yeah, reciprocating yeah. business yeah. and so on. Uh, but I, mate, sure. I agree. Sure. We had. When we were coaching footy, there was a roster for one mum to be on sweets at the end of the game. And they would, it starts off with a bag of lollies and then obviously the competition from the mums, you end up with like a a cake (laughs) at the end of it. Or you got um, little uh, muffins and stuff like that, homemade muffins or little cupcakes made with icing on top and all the kids have to line up and they get their little treat at the end of the game. It's like, it's full on crazy. I've mentioned it before in sporting teams and people have said, don't be such a downer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, okay, well, you know, if, if you want to reward your kid with some sugar, that that's fine. But do we need to have it after yeah. every single game? Yeah. After training? Talk after about conditioning. I know. If you uh, do just, a good job, I'll give you some sugar. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's, uh, it's interesting, though, because you watch the AFL players come in after a game and they're often eating uh, those jelly snakes, you know, the, yeah. the lolly snakes, to obviously replenish glucose or whatever, mm. immediate hit. There's a, ba- there's a box of pizzas. Yeah. Uh, they often eat 
yep. a couple of slices of pizzas as well. Obviously, Chocolate to replenish milk. the cake. Chocolate carbs. good now. Yeah, so, I mean, there is a little bit of sort of basis behind it, I guess, but it can go a little bit overboard sometimes. Oh, and don't get me wrong, kids have a different hydration, food, replenishment sort of system than adults. I get that. But really, yeah. if we've had breakfast at 7.30, we've gone to the game at 8.30, we've played from 8.30 to 9.30, yeah. do we need a handful of lollies to finish the game? Yeah. And, and I guess maybe I'm just being a grumpy old man, no, but I, I, I don't know. You, I, just, yeah. I just look at all the stuff they get. I thought we had it right back in my day when I played footy. We had water and oranges. I yeah. thought that was pretty – Yeah, that's not too and bad. And then they no. got rid of the oranges for a little while. Did they? For concussion protocols because if you got concussed, you had to go to the hospital, you, you know, you cut, couldn't oh. have eaten anything. Yeah. 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 So You're really just sucking on it, aren't you? What was <laughs> yeah, it? What's the whole thing behind the oranges? What do they do? I don't know. <laughs> the taste. I think it was just cheap. Got a little bit of hydration, a little bit of sweetness in it, had a bit of moisture. Sweet, yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know if there's any. Yeah. I thought the greatest benefit was just like squeezing it onto your hands and making your hands sticky. more sticky. Oh, sticky. <laughs> yeah. And the footy. More of the you footy. Can catch the ball. I used to look forward to a couple of oranges. Yeah. yeah. So okay, maybe. Yeah, I'm a. I'm a downer. Okay. I get. No, it. no, I agree with you with the sugar stuff. Yeah. Stupid. I just. I mean, everything. Lollies go to kids. The kids go to school. It's a kids having a birthday. Oh, there's a cupcake, and then. They got a uh, reward and they get a caramel like a wallet. All right. Yeah, I'll get off my side. It's box. easy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, there's a lot of sugar. We probably give <laughs> our kids too much sugar. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. No, we do. Too don't. much fruit. One of the uh, things I, I read about um, kids dropping out of sport was uh, sideline behavior of parents. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And that, as a coach, this was a real bugbear of mine. As a coach, I never used to yell from the sideline. I used to always wait for um, quarter time breaks or whatever. Get in the change rooms and then give them a spray. <laughs> 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 Don't think. <laughs> Do. <laughs> Do. <laughs> um, but I would always take notes. So during the quarter, I would take notes on um, great things kids had done and, and put their name down so I could refer to it because, you know, memory is like a sieve when you're, when you're trying to think of multiple things at a time. Can I just cut you off there? Uh, you do have a fair bit of credence behind what you're saying west perth district junior district coach of the year what year was it 2017 mate 2017 there yep, you go yep, wow. there you go. some credentials yeah. so carry on yeah yeah on. thanks mate thanks yeah, yeah. for uh, the plug there put that in there because just to make sure the listeners You've got know. some street cred yeah 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 mate yeah it's coming from um this junior coach a reliable source yeah. yep yep um but yeah anyway um where was i yeah um, i'll cut you off i was talking about taking notes you don't yell out from the sidelines yeah yep. yeah uh and also anything that could be worked on or could be done better is a, a lesson, a possible lesson there. So most of my quarter time or half time speeches were like a lesson. So we would review the quarter and then you could talk about things that could have been done better. Or I'd actually take the kids to like that back pocket where one of them kicked across the goals and they, the other team got a goal out of it. I'd take them there and say, look, where's the best place to kick? If you've got a free kick here, Let's have a look at all the options, blah, blah, blah. So just making it really practical practical for kids. Um, never yelling from the side. And, and that sideline behaviour, uh, foul language, umpire abuse, uh, yelling advice to players. I just think let kids fucking play. Yeah. Like stop, yeah. Hey, go over there. Stand over there. Run, go hard, go hard, go hard. Like, it's, man, not gonna yeah, it's not going to change. It's not going to change their yeah. efforts. And then are they hearing that? No, if they are, it's confusing the fuck out of them. Yeah. You know, they're just going, oh, what do I do now? Where do I run? What do I do? Let the kids play and develop in their own way. Yeah. You know, and, and the whole win at all costs. Some parents 
just think that the game and like we're talking about under seven sport here, and they, yeah. and it's a win at all cost mentality. I'm thinking, just grow up, man. If you yeah. obviously, win, I'm proud of you, and if you lose, I'm, I'm be proud disappointed of you. in you. Yeah, you know, you haven't obviously achieved much in your own little sporting life, so you're living it through your own kid. Yeah, you know, it's like just shut up. Yeah, and just well, you can imagine what they would have been like to play against. You know, yeah, they would have been that that one sledging you. Yeah. You know, a lot of those um, behaviours there have effects on kids which have been sort of like, you know, recorded and kids have noted that um, fear of making a mistake uh, is one that if they're constantly being yelled at from the sideline by a coach or a parent, they are scared of making a mistake. And I can, I can and then really they don't f- want to go and get the ball or they don't want to participate because they're just thinking, well... If I do something yeah, wrong, yeah. I'm going to get yelled at. Do you remember the term... Uh, during your phys ed teaching days, they called it a competent bystander. So that's someone who is, seems competent. They kind of run around the outside of the pack or they look like they're involved in the game, but they never actually touch the ball. And the okay. reason why they do that is because of that fact is they're scared. Yeah. Maybe at school it's from being bullied or being told you're no good at the sport or in games is because parents, you come off the ground and why'd you do that? You drop the ball. You should have tackled that guy, you know? Yeah. So they kind of run around the outside. They're competent. Yeah. Yeah. But they're bystanding and not really doing much. Mate, I can personally vouch for it. As a 17-year-old, I was playing um, under-19s at uh, Perth Footy Club. And um, we had a, a coach who, who probably wasn't ideally suited for coaching that age demographic. He was an old war, uh, old Vietnam vet, tough old bastard, and a, and a legend in his, own, in his own right back when he played. But did not have the, I don't know, the professionalism professionalism if that's a word for his for that age demographic and i i, I never forget being so shit scared of this guy because he was a he's a big man he had a, uh, a a mean look about him and i was scared at a time when my footy could have gone either way it went the wrong way because i i was too scared to do anything on the footy field for fear of this guy like so because we're playing coach you know you, you start playing at 9 30 you, you're kicking the dew off the grass and there's not many people around at the ground that at that time you could hear him banging on the tables um and roaring from the coach's box at someone who's done something wrong there was one day we were playing east perth at the wacker and a lovely fella mick he was an indigenous boy uh, must have made a couple of mistakes i never noticed him but at half time mick's uh sitting there on on his leaning against uh, one of the, the metal lockers there in the change rooms. And the coach has grabbed him by the scruff of the ne- the jumper there in the front and, like, banged him into the lockers, you know, like yelling at him because he's done something wrong. And I'll never, ever forget that. And I was that mentally scarred me. And I was just – from that, I was just so shit scared on doing anything. And I reckon he set my footy development back so far that – and also he, he compounded probably my father's um, – expectations and sort of style as well my dad had such high expectations and and would always you know like you said jonesy the ride home i used to hate the ride home with my dad after a game of footy because he would just rip into me like all the shit that i did wrong in one game i think i was under 10s my dad um stood up at the side of the boundary and with his mouth over his hands said number four you're playing like a fucking old mole (laughs) And that was you. That was me. I was number four. And you can imagine as a 10-year-old, the whole, the whole oval, I just sunk into it. It just swallowed oh, me up. Man. I was just, I was devastated. 
It's, a, it's amazing you kept playing after that. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that was just... um Probably you didn't want to let him down. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't. Or maybe it was just inbuilt in me to fuck him off. Like, yeah. I'm, you're not going to beat me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, At 10. But those you sort probably of, shouldn't have to deal with that at 10, should you? you know? Nah. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just... Going back to this whole thing about, you know, sideline behaviour and, and how they can affect kids. If you're a parent out there or if you're coaching... Um, those behaviours can instil the fear of making a mistake, and that will then also can also spill over to things in life as well. So often in life now, I I will I'll do something when it gets to the final stage of completing a task, I'll sort of procrastinate over it because I'm fearful of not completing it or getting it right or or achieving it. And I, I as I've got older and become you know more aware of my own self. I'm aware of that now, but those little things can have an impact on you from just a sporting field as a young person through the rest of your life. Um, you know, they also learn from that sideline behaviour of parents going off that um, give up when, when faced with adversity. So, you know, the, the resilience thing that Mickey, Mickey talked about earlier, um, you know, if, if a parent's yelling and and saying how bad it all is, then a kid's going to realise that as well. And what's the point of carrying on, you know? Um, It's easier not to, isn't it? It's easier just to walk away from it and not get that criticism and that uh, anxiety that's associated with your poor performance or what is perceived to be lack of effort or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, They learn to make excuses. Uh, So if uh, the umpire is the target of a parent or a coach's abuse, then that person is the one at fault for the loss of the game or, you know, missing the goal or something like that, you know? Um, and they also learn disrespect for authority. So if, if parents and coaches are having a crack at you know, umpiring staff or anything like that, the kids are seeing that. Um, it's, it's just such a, a, a pure environment that can impact a, a young person's development is the sporting field. And I think a coach has a massive role in, in, in being a mentor uh, for the kids. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I think kids also aren't able to delineate what happens on the sports field with how they're perceived by their parents or their coach in general. So like, I don't think a kid, uh, a young kid especially, can really compartmentalise that and think, uh, okay, I only get uh, love and adoration and respect if I play really well and put in really hard on the on the footy field or the, the cricket field or the netball field or whatever. I feel like if you're giving them that conditional praise, then that carries over to how they feel... Uh, you interact with them like on a more general basis. I don't think they can compartmentalize that and say, oh, that's just sport. Yeah, yeah, good call. So Definitely, mate. You know, it's going real deep into psychology, isn't it? Oh, look, I've got absolutely no background. It's just my uh, absolutely novice opinion. It's a great point, though. But I feel like give give kids unconditional love and support in a positive way when they're young. And and I think the rest will fall into place when they're older and they'll have that drive and they'll have that. Everyone wants to win. No one one grows up wanting to lose. And if you have that kid... um, you know, that has has a few losses. I think, like you say, sometimes that can be the biggest, the best lesson. Yeah. Uh, take a few losses, and they're going to motivate themselves to to want to win. And maybe you need some some teach them some tactics to do that. But like you say, do it in a fun way that sort of supports them and supports enjoyment of the game. Yeah. And then the rest will fall into place. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. It's a big area, of sport, isn't it? Really. It is, mate. It can have such a massive impact on yeah. on people. Yeah. Well, it's big in our society in general, isn't it? Sport. It is. We, we yeah. put a lot of emphasis on it. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's so good. Like you say, the, yeah, the benefits so of team benefits, and yeah. fitness and outdoors and 
Yeah. Probably don't get the same from playing team uh, video games, do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> that is a thing, though, isn't it? Signing in for, I don't know, e-sports, what the kids yeah. play these days. Esports, yeah. Probably not the same. Yeah. Well, on that note, that was pretty good. Uh, once again, you've kind of wound us up pretty well there, Smitty. Yeah. I don't know. Anyone else got uh, anything that wanted to add to that little topic? No, I think we've pretty much covered everything off there, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah, it's a... It's a very important realm, and I think uh, sometimes, um, without having to, you know, take away Smitty's finishing point there, uh, sometimes it it could really be enhanced by some educated people taking roles in team sport and coaching. Uh, you know, unfortunately, sometimes I mean, everyone's a volunteer, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, and and never bag a volunteer because they are putting their time in. Uh, but sometimes some real boneheads can can take charge of a of a young team yeah. and. And, and get a little bit carried away with their own emotions and their own expectations, you know. Like, you look at some, I've seen some junior coaches on the sidelines and their their heads in their hands and they're shaking and they're yelling at the kids and they're, they're, they're marching up and down the sideline. It's like, man, chill out. You know, like, just, yeah, just, it's a game. Enjoy it. Enjoy being a part of the team and, and enjoy being someone of influence in these young people's lives yeah. Yeah. in a positive way. Just quickly, what would you do in that situation if that was your kid, you had a young kid, seven-year-old, six-year-old kid, and that was your coach? Would you, uh, assuming you didn't think that it was able to be changed with that coach and they were going to be there, would you take your kid out of that team? you got two options, you, don't you? you it's got, a tough one, hey? It's really tough. You take the kid out or you... Or you take the coach out. Yeah, and you... And, and it, and <laughs> well, not take him out, but like Dave said, everyone's a volunteer and people put their hand up and I've done a lot of coaching as well and... Often, no one, no one wants to help you. No. You know, yeah. even if you had to go to work and I need someone to take training because I'm at work, no one puts their hand up so they don't train. And you think, ooh, okay. So, I mean, yes, really bad. And a coach definitely influences kids. A really great coach, you will remember your good ones yeah, and your really bad ones like yeah. you. You know, yeah. you remember that one. Like you say, that could have changed your whole trajectory yep. and where your yeah. footy game went. Yeah, you know, in terms of the levels that you but attained, like also would have put a positive spin on your coaching. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to be that guy because yeah. I yeah. know that that is terrible. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. And then that changes how you coached as a person. I guess also having the phys ed teaching background is a massive yeah, bonus. Definitely, and and and, yeah. and I I empathise with coaches who have just come from, you know, no education background whatsoever, yeah. and they're just jumping in there as a volunteer and having yeah. a crack with no education basis whatsoever. Uh, and I feel quite privileged in in my position, having been a, been a yeah, teacher, I can same. apply that to coaching. Yeah. Whereas some people can't, and they just they're just winging it. Yeah. And I find it comes easy to me. Yeah. To, to coach and yeah. just be that way. Around kids because you've done it. For and to connect with kids. Yeah. Yep. You know that. Yeah. And it is difficult. But, yeah, like you said, if you do have a bad coach, <laughs> you, you, you've either got to put your hand up and do it yourself or take your kid out if you really hate it that much or suck it up. But I think, just, uh, no, I think my answer to that, Smitty, would be to ask my, my child. Yep. I'd say, how do you feel about your coach? Are you happy playing in this team? Yep. And their answer would be, would uh, dictate what I did next. So yeah. if they said, "Oh, he just he scares me. I don't. I'm scared of doing something." I'd be ripping them out of the team. Yeah. If they don't even really notice him, and oh yeah, he's cool. I like him. He's funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah or whatever. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's that's a really good answer. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really good. Yeah, listen to what your kids feeling. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's up to them, man. It's not 
Oh, they're cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good on you. That's a good one. Mm. Good way to finish. Cool. Yeah, mm. interesting topic. Yeah. It is, eh? Could talk about it all day. Yeah. <laughs> and like I mentioned at the start, we've had a few questions come in, so we might do like a Q&A podcast in the future, but uh, if you want to get in touch with us, modernancestralman at gmail.com. Flick us, a, flick us a message. I know that someone wants to hear about some coffee, so we might do coffee yeah. in the future. And I could go coffee right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's say bye-bye and... Mm. Go get a coffee. Good to see you guys yeah. again. Good stuff. Good stuff. See you good lads. Chat. Always good. Yeah, ho- yep. hopefully people take something away from that. And yeah, get in touch with us if you agree or disagree. Modernancestralman at gmail.com. And yeah, have an amazing week. Good stuff. See you, boys. <laughs> see you, boys. See you, guys. See you, mate. Thank you.